0: Welcome to the Delish Guestless Podcast, a deep dive into the lives and work of Hong Kong and Asia's crazy food and beverage industry leaders, hosted by The Beat Asia Magazine. This episode, we spoke with Laura Prabowo on female representation as a bartender, managing a sustainable bar, and making LKF great again. Enjoy. Hello, listeners in Hong Kong, Asia, and beyond. We are sitting down today with Laura Prabowo, of Penicillin, Hong Kong's first sustainable closed-loop bar, which opened in October 2020, placing 22nd on 50 best bars and won the Sustainable Bar Award in 2021. And Dead End, Lan Kwai cult-favorite dive bar set to rival Club 7-Eleven in competition for the party district's best hangout spot. Laura Parabo calls Hong Kong home, originally hailing from Indonesia, Jakarta. She works with her power husband, Agong Pabo, Founder of the Old Man in numerous ventures across F and B in the city. Laura, thank you so much for joining us.
1: You're very welcome.
0: First question: Why did you come to Hong Kong in 2006?
1: Uh, why I think because my husband came here first, so I think I need to follow him. Mm. <sighs> the only reason.
0: What was the job that your husband uh, entered in in the uh, F and B in the uh, in the first place?
1: Uh, so we both before we working in uh, Mandarin Oriental Jakarta. And then uh, when Landmark Mandarin wants to open Mobar, so they asked Agung to help them in uh, to open uh, the bar, Mobar, okay. in 2005, I believe.
0: What prompted your connection or entering into the industry in F&B, mixology, bartending in uh, Indonesia in the first place? Why? Why?
1: I liked uh, to see people working in the bar, you know, like they're so cool, they can have like... Uh, and it's tattoo, long hair, their style is so cool. Just missing playing thing. Yeah, that time is my reason is only that one. And then the working place is like a lot of aircon.
0: So yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the only reason. What do you like about the aspect of the drinking, the story, the mixing of uh, the sort of tipples? Is there something that connects you with the cocktails itself?
1: Yes, I mean, making a cocktail is like something that i always love you know like it's, it's it's not it's never gonna be mm. i never gonna be stop creating to make a, a drinks a cocktail you know like mm. because there's mm. a lot of inspiration coming sometimes you just sit down and then you see the fruit and you know i think this fruit made this flavor is gonna be like this like that and then it's gonna create something nice
0: absolutely yeah. absolutely mm. what was the initial reaction that you had coming to enter the bar scene in Hong Kong. Was there an idea that you had of the city before? And what did it feel like when you finally came?
1: To be honest, it's like, it's um, when the first time I came here, it's quite hard because on 2005, like, uh, we don't know much people, you know, like uh, working in Hong Kong, if you don't have a visa, is very hard, especially if like you're just independent, just coming here like a single person who don't have a bunch of people to help you to get a job. It's not easy. And then um, I try uh, to apply like a lot of places, but unfortunately it's not really happening. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I stay here for like two months and then I nearly give up. So I said like, I better go back. And then, I mean, I have a good career back there uh, in the bar. But then uh, when we went to the immigration, they said like, oh, you guys is already like engaged. Why don't you marry here? And then... Mm-hmm. One of you can get like, uh, I mean, like both of you can get dependent visa oh, wow. and then you can work. Oh, wow. So then we get married on 2007. Uh, after two days after get the ID and I get a job.
0: <laughs> what was your first job in 2007?
1: Uh, go back to be, I mean, like I'm, I always working behind the bar. So sure, 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 sure. Uh, bartender in a English pop in Windham Street called Pickle Pelican. I think now it's already closed down.
0: I've heard about that place. Yeah. What did you like about that uh, that pub? Uh,
1: the ambience, I think, is very classic. And then the, the, they have a lot of uh, whiskey also. So it's, it's very classic. And then
0: mm.
1: I think no matter uh, where is the location, as long as it's in the bar, I don't mind. You know, like mm. bartender, bar back, it's same.
0: What was the difference uh, instantly that you felt from this first job in Hong Kong as compared to working in Jakarta?
1: Actually, it's not much different uh, when you are a woman working behind the bar. It's not that much different, you know, like back uh, on that year, people don't really believe women can work behind the bar, you know, like especially when you're already in the next level to be bar manager, then much more people will like, oh, bar manager, woman, like no, no, like, you know.
0: <laughs> did you feel with your first job and your second job and your third job that you wanted to sort of break down that stereotype that you can be a bartender or a mixologist and make drinks, but you can also manage open a uh, team, open a bar. Was that something that you wanted to break? Yes.
1: Okay. I, I want to break that uh, uh, part actually since I work behind the bar in uh, back in Jakarta, uh, because that time is like, it's super hard. Like I've, graduate so I just like 16 when I enter working behind the bar Wow! I just finished the school like uh, I I have to find a job like as fast as I could So I thought it's gonna be easy you know like oh uh, I want to be part and there's a lot of bar right I thought like it's gonna be easy but uh, I was wrong Uh, first like of course because I'm a woman second like I'm too young Mm. and then normally they will not they will say no so I have to wait, like, uh, I think four or six months. And, well, all my friends, wow. like, mostly already get a job. Like, we graduate at the same time, right? So most of them already get a job. So I, I just wait until, like, one day um, there's a jazz pop in uh, one of the five-star hotel back in Jakarta. Uh, they want to open a new place. Uh, so they're asking if there is a female bartender. And then my bartending uh, teacher called me you still want a job as a bartender, like, of course, and then, yeah, that's the first time uh, my team that time is uh, 13, together with me, oh. uh, 12 bartenders, all is man, mm. and then they all from the, you know, like, big, big uh, place like Hard Rock, uh, TGI Friday, Planet Hollywood, and uh, they all, like, have long hair, and then looking at me when the first time I came, like, so you from? I'm from this school you know like of course they're like what do you know about the bar I know how to make cocktail like how many cocktails you can ask me like 100 300 <laughs> like, and then the other will say like of course she's like first mate she just like graduate she will know everything like, so it's it's quite hard because uh, they don't allow me to make a drink uh, for 4 months wow they put me at the back area just counting wow. the, the stock and then uh, washing the glass and everything mm. they never allow me to make a drink
0: do you feel like when you came uh, with Agung to Hong Kong, you had to build back that experience or that reputation?
1: Yes, <laughs> yes. Was
0: that, was that challenging to go from uh, having this uh, sort of space and, I guess, uh, community in Indonesia where you're coming to Hong Kong and you have to build up the roles to where you actually want to be a general manager, opening up your bars?
1: I mean, here is not... Um... I have to say, like, here is not, like, that hard compared uh, back in hometown because
0: mm.
1: uh, here also, like, have so many foreigners also, like, more, uh, like, open-minded. Uh, back in hometown, like, uh, it's, it's not many of uh, foreigners. So back there, I always have um, uh, a wish, like, I have to get, like, my team, like, a lot of foreigners, and I have to be bar so, manager, you know? Like, I mean, I have to be in charge. Really? Just because I need to prove, like, a woman also can mm. uh, can 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 be a captain of the team.
0: And that was the goal. You came to Hong Kong to do that.
1: Uh, before I came to Hong Kong, I already did that.
0: And then in Hong Kong, you wanted to do that again.
1: I and then yeah, in Hong Kong, uh, I start again uh, as a bartender. After two years, then I go back. I get my position back.
0: Wow. wow, wow, wow. <laughs> what is the one thing you love about mixing drinks in Hong Kong, and what is one thing that you hate about it? Being in this industry for about sixteen years
1: uh, what I always love is just like get a, a new idea right like find the new ingredients like the new fruits the new anything like a, a local ing- like local ingredients, whatever paste whatever uh, vegetable you know like then you can create it the image not fantasy or not like whatever like you can create into a glass of cocktail right so that is like always exciting part. But the most part that I hate, of course not everybody gonna like it. Like you expect like everybody will love it the moment they taste it, but of course that they, they will be like maybe twenty percent love it. The others like just pretending they like it <laughs> or they hate it.
0: So to create something new you have to take a risk but the expectation won't be as high as they might think it is.
1: Yes, that's true. Okay. okay.
0: I guess most people nowadays, you know, with the second year anniversary already passed with uh, penicillin and dead end entering its into its second year. Many people know, Laura, yourself, from these two great bars. I just wanted to go into asking you about this. Mm. Why does Hong Kong need a bar like penicillin? So
1: penicillin is the first sustainable bar here in Hong Kong. And then uh, we want to be a pioneer for the sustainable uh, bar um, so, as you know, like we're working in the industry for a long time and then uh, during the COVID, we are thinking, like together, like me, Agung and my other two partners, like we're thinking like, oh, let's open the bar, but what Hong Kong doesn't have. Just like normal bar, like, of course, everybody will open the like, normal bar, like why, why we don't open like a sustainable bar. So as you know, like, uh, uh, F&B is like the third largest in the world to give the waste. And then, of course, back there, uh, when we're working in the bar, we already do little, little part of sustainable, like no, no plastic straw or like uh, no plastic bag, you know, like plastic thingy, but like very small part, right? So mm. we're thinking like, why let's open a sustainable bar and then let's do a business. Uh, as a uh, uh, same time, also let's give back, let's give something back to the mother nature. It sounds cliche, but like during the COVID, you have a lot of time to think, especially really? for our next generation, for our son, you know, for our daughter. Like we, uh, we can see during the COVID, you can see the, the air that everything is like more, little bit more better. Not to say thank you to the COVID, but with the COVID, we realize about the things.
0: There's no planet B.
1: There is no planet B. Yeah, There's no yeah. there yeah. a planet M, but planet M, Mars, right? Like, but we don't know, can we go there or not?
0: Who knows, who knows? Stop the episode. Just popping in really quickly to say, if you enjoyed this podcast so far, check out TheBeat.Asia for more exciting content just like this. The Beat.Asia is the fastest growing original publication for local news, happenings, culture, and more. So check out TheBeat.Asia. All right, back to the episode. Um, you guys have obviously had very uh, popular local coverage, regional, international, with a very cool, uh, interesting concept. Where do you see closed-loop bar systems and sustainable mixology go in Hong Kong and beyond in the region in Asia?
1: I think for the closed-loop, is a, a, a very good uh, concept. That you need to implement in the bar or a restaurant. At the first, also we are thinking it's not. We're thinking like it's not gonna be easy. But like day by day, um, we practice and we're still learning until today. Like uh, close loop means like use the ingredients to the fullest, right? So like like a piece of orange, like uh, the skin, you use it at the bar as a garnish or. You can use it also at the kitchen and then the pulp you can use it as a juice and then so we always thinking like what we can do with the west before we throw it to the bin. so here also we have the fermentation fermentation room so here in the in the penicillin we have the laboratory the bar counter itself the small kitchen over there and the fermentation room so these uh, four chamber element uh, function each other like helping each other to help us How we make the like one ingredients, we use it like to the fullest, but of course, like there is there will be a part like need to be a waste, cannot be like oh, everything you need to use it like there's something need to be waste, then you just throw it like but closed loop is a something I mean, like the system that is that is good if you implement in uh in your working place, I think not only bar in other places, also, like, yeah,
0: yeah. Do you think this is a replicable? Uh, sort of concept that you could bring to other places in the world is this a uh, you can create a book uh, where you could push this to other countries where you can say right Laura and Agang they've done this with penicillin can we push this to Chicago well, hopefully,
1: hopefully. <laughs> yeah hopefully but nowadays also like the, actually there's a lot of uh, bar uh, in Europe uh, in US hmm. also do the similar concept I mean like a sustainable concept as well so which we is like good so it's not only us like the moment like other people also keep doing it. So there's a lot of people will listen and then like uh, they, maybe they get inspired and then also like doing it. So then slowly, slowly more people will have been give something to, to this planet. Mm.
0: How do you go about uh, creating the cocktails? Is it you have the idea about what the flavors and the taste profile is going to be and then you work back? So I'm going to think about what elements or ingredients are going to go. Or do you have elements, do you have ingredients and fruit? and liquor that you want to put into specific cocktails
1: I think both ways work okay both ways work because uh, in Benetton also like uh, since we are sustainable bar right our menu uh, according to the season so we have a fourth season in Hong Kong of course so we change the menu menu like like every three to four months and then following uh, the season if in other bar like before when we work uh, whatever ingredients we want like whatever whiskey that we want we can order from anywhere else right but here in uh, penicillin since you need to thinking about you know the carbon footprint emulsion and etc etc so if we don't have that ingredients in hong kong we need to try to get it between the region
0: Mm, so i
1: think to answer your question both ways for
0: sure i guess i want to go down the street turn right and then turn right again to dead end yeah the bottom of Yeah. Penicillin is a highbrow concept. It is theoretical. Tell me about Dead End. Why do you want to put your name and your husband's name and your friend's names behind that?
1: It's like this. Uh, penicillin is very conceptual so for people come here like for the total experience, you know, right. like from, from the lab, from the drink itself, from the ambience, from the... Uh, the furniture, because everything is like uh, natural. It's a total package of experience when you come to the penicillin. Like very, yes, I can say like say serious. But when you want something like more easygoing party and then listen to your favorite music, dancing, then you go down to Dead end. So basically when people want to have like a good experience night, you come to penicillin. When mm. you want to go down to party, then you go to Dead end. Basically, we take everything. You want to have both
0: sides of the spectrum. You want rowdy, and you want very high class. Yes. Culture. Yeah. <laughs> what What culture do you want to bring into the uh, the concept of a dead end? You know, LKF is having its moment now, where things are picking back up, uh, shifting away from Soho. There's new clubs, new cocktail bars. What do you want to give to a sort of younger crowd that go to Dead End?
1: First, like in that end, we only, we don't have a glass. We only use a a sustainable paper cup. Mm. So basically this uh, paper cup at the end of the night, we collect it and then we give to penicillin. And then like uh, every once in a week or uh, once in two weeks, then we gonna recycle this uh, paper cup to make the butter label. As you can see over there. Oh wow. uh, Recycled paper, basically. Uh, so that's how we like um, are supporting each other uh, mm. between peninsular. And, and in that end, like uh, the price is like a very, I can say cheap, like sixty dollars. Yes, absolutely. Per uh, drink, and then we have like they said like the the, the best lassie in town. <laughs> that's, that's what people say. So yeah, sixty dollars per drink, and then a good music. I mean like easygoing atmosphere like people love that bar for Mm. like drinking either you drinking inside the bar or you just like you know like hang around you know at the The amphitheater or outside Uh, yeah it's just something like we want to bring back to LKF because LKF as you know like uh, not that busy for such a long time so we want to bring that fun back to LKF
0: that street culture yeah I like that I like that
1: street bar street style yeah, yeah, like, yeah, who doesn't like street style, right?
0: Awesome, you know I, I I love Dead End. I love the vibe that you're trying to create there. I guess my final question before we go into the fun stuff is: we spoke a bit before about you being a female Asian bartender in Hong Kong. What does that mean now with your ownership of these two fantastic concepts? That representation of female bartenders in 2022 for you and for Hong Kong.
1: I think it just. Uh... For me, it's achievement, uh, but also like for maybe to inspire the female bartender who just start the career behind the bar or still in the same uh, position for like many years, like to inspire them, like uh, you, you, you also can do it, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, can I say a rough word or no? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, like, yeah. Fuck what they said. You know, like, they always said, like, oh, you cannot work like a man. Like, there's no way, there's no way you can like work as a normal, you know, bartender, not bartenders. But like, fuck them. Like, this, mm. it's, it's, it's not happening. <laughs> we can, no. clear, we can rule the world, also. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you so much, uh, Laura. We're going to be asking you some quick questions with less than a few seconds to think of the answer. Okay. Are you ready? We're okay. Here we go. Mm. How do you deal with rowdy customers in dead end? Kick their ass. What is the worst (laughs) drink you make that people love? The job. (laughs) If you (laughs) had to drink one cocktail for the rest of your life, what would it be? Dark and storm. You have a free Saturday night to party. What do you do on your free night out?
1: Go watch TV with my my son. Okay.
0: (laughs) What is one liquor or spirits you cannot drink again after a bad experience?
1: A grand manier.
0: (laughs) How do you beat your hangover?
1: Uh, with another shot
0: what concept bar do you wish existed in Hong Kong
1: sustainable bar
0: if you could be mixing cocktails in any bar in the world where would you go
1: Boadas uh, in Barcelona I love that bar
0: what nation has the best drinks and alcohol
1: Europe UK
0: UK yes. good answer <laughs> You have $10 million or bucks in your bank account. What bar are you opening next in the city?
1: Speakeasy bar, very speakeasy.
0: Where is an underrated area in Hong Kong to drink? You can't say Soho because it's overrated. I'm
1: about to say <laughs> That's, Soho is Amphitheater.
0: rated. Ampitheater, okay. <laughs> Ampitheater. Are you a wine girl or a beer girl? Oh, This is a very guilty pleasure. Uh, uh, wine girl. So okay. uh, what can the industry do better to include female voices and people?
1: to listen more and then to give a chance.
0: Nice. What is your favorite drunk food to eat at 2 a.m.? Momo. Good, <laughs> <Me too. laughs> What are you working on right now or in the future that you would like to share with us on this podcast?
1: I think the highlight of the drink in penicillin called one penicillin one three because this drink is like, um, when you when you buy this drink, actually you plant one tree in Borneo. So we try to, before and then I think it's very important. Uh, one of important factor in uh, this time of uh, uh, what happened in the world, like mm. we already see. Absolutely. In the in the future, of course, we we would like to have like more program of sustainable, like not only uh, not only the forest, but also the ocean, and then so on and so on. Mm.
0: You recently came back from uh, Europe and. Uh Traveling around the uh, continent for Fifty Best. <laughs> are you traveling anytime soon for guest bartending?
1: Uh probably, probably soon to Paris on November.
0: Oh wow! And when is your next fun trip?
1: Maybe December for because my son not having his holiday for almost three years. It's time for him.
0: Good. Where are you guys gonna go back home? Uh, Japan. Nice. Oh, see Keep your finger on the pulse and tap follow to keep up with The Beat Asia to hear more colourful chats and rich stories of the F&B industry. This episode is hosted by me, Ruben Verbes, and special thanks to our lovely guest, Laura Prabowo, for joining us today. Our producer for this episode is Marcus Tremer, and we are edited by Natsuki Arita. If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us through our website directly, thebeat.asia or our Instagram at thebeat.hkg. Catch you all in the next one.